Hello, and welcome to the Super Game Night Podcast. I am Nat. And this is Tom Helmuth. Um, this is the video game music podcast where we listen to originals, remixes, covers, arrangements, uh, and any other video game music we can find. Um, this week, uh, we are joined by a special guest. Um, he is a member of the Rainwave admin team uh, and has been on Rainwave for a long time. Um, so I'd like to welcome uh, John Funk. Greetings. Hi. Thanks for so, having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for being on our show. Um, definitely been looking forward to uh, having you on our show as a special guest and uh, should be a fun time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the topic, uh, you can look us up on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, uh, Super Rainwave Podcast, um, or check out our website at super at uh, sorry podcast.rainwave.cc, um, or send us an email at podcast at rainwave.cc. Have we gotten any emails ever? Uh, not recently. Uh, maybe actually, I think <laughs> I think my cousin might have emailed us after I told him about the podcast. So, uh, David, if you're still listening, uh, shout out. <laughs> Um, I think we just hit rock bottom. I know. Calling out listeners by name. Woo. All right. So, uh, let's... uh, Do we have anything other top of the show business before we get into the music? Uh, Let's see. Well, uh, this time around we're talking about Donkey Kong Country. A series just turned 20 years old, I believe. Yeah. Uh... It's it's funny. I before we decided to do this episode, I hadn't ever like sat down and listened to the the Donkey Kong Country soundtracks. Um, so it's a good opportunity for me to to listen through them and get to know them a lot better. Did you ever play these games back when they were new? I uh, may have played some on a friend's console once or twice, but but not much. That's my story too. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I ever had a. Super Nintendo back in the day, but I certainly had friends who did. So. Fun memories, if, if only through that vicarious uh, connection. Sure. And I, I know these games get a lot of reference for their soundtracks, um, and a lot of there are a lot of remixes out there. Um, but to tell the truth, uh, after listening to the soundtracks, I wasn't too impressed with the music. Uh, I am I so think... glad you said that. I thought I was oh, yeah? the only one. <laughs> All right. And I don't want to be, I don't want to come across negative here because I respect David Wise and the others, Robin Beanland and Evelyn Fisher. I really yeah. respect their work, but listening back to it, it's really moody music. It, like, there's not distinct melodies like you get from Zelda or Mario. Uh, right. There's not, there's not super complex arrangements. Um, it's just, I feel like if it were any other game, it wouldn't be that memorable. Right. I think I think it probably works really well in game because it goes for more of that uh, ambient feel, and and has a lot of those like sound effect sounds in the background. Um, but to me, it just doesn't make great listening music uh, when you're just listening to it for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, Actually, that I was gonna say that about this first track. Uh, we can get into that now. Okay. I grabbed this track from Donkey Kong Country Three, which is kind of a stepchild. No one really pays attention to that one. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get as much love as the first two games. Um, and I never played that one, so I'm not sure 
what went wrong exactly. But even the soundtrack just isn't as appreciated. But it was, I think, pretty similar to the first two. There's this track by Evelyn Fisher called Frosty Frolics that always jumped out at me as being especially atmospheric. And the games, their art style has this sort of surreal quality when you're playing it. It's just that early 3D effect and the way the backgrounds were designed and the art style, it always felt... It was all like rendered CG. Yeah, it always felt yeah. a little bit stiff to me, like a little bit like an art exhibit or something. Sure. And I kind of got that vibe from this track. Um, okay. I don't know, it's interesting. Let's give this a listen. This is Frosty Frolics by Evelyn Fisher. Once again, that was Frosty Frolics uh, from Donkey Kong Country 3, composed by Evelyn Fisher. Um, you, you were saying earlier that um, the, the music here doesn't doesn't stand up as good listening material on its own, but I just want to point out one, one compliment that has been paid to the Donkey Kong series throughout is the fact that the music is always tailored to the context, to the level. Um, hot levels, you feel that hot or Asian or, or desert vibe and cold levels, you actually feel cold or wintry or Christmassy. So the, the music is very well tailored 
to the theme of, of whatever level you're playing in the game. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I do feel like it. it's very evocative. Like, um, you have these echoey sort of chimes and and bells in this that feel wintry, because that's that association we have musically. Yeah, yeah. No, and I'll, I'll agree with that. I think um, that the, the Donkey Kong Country series does a great job of of setting the mood of the game and and trying to evoke emotions and evoke a place in, in the songs. Um, and so I'm guessing that that works super well in the context of the games, but I don't know. I guess personally, that's not the type of music I like listening to, but it doesn't mean it's bad music. You know, the other it probably thing... still has. Sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. It probably still has all those nostalgic cues to people that have played a lot of these games over the years. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention we sort of opened this in negative light, talking about um, how it doesn't make great listening music, but there are a lot of moments in these soundtracks where they break away from this ambient sound, and we'll hear some of those later on, and those are really where these uh, these games shine, because that the, the sort of jungle themes and environmental themes let the composers break away and use some really interesting genres. Mm. That's a great point. In fact, um, I think that's a good segue into my first track of the day. Um, I'm going to be playing something from uh, the original Donkey Kong Country, uh, composed by David Wise. Um, I'm going to be playing a song called Life in the Mines. And so one thing I want people to pay attention to here is even though there's a lot of ambiance and there's a lot of um, sounding like you're in a mine, it's, that sort of builds up for a while and then this really pretty melody comes in um, and sits on top of it really nicely. So, so I think that that's sort of what you're talking about where you get the nice mood of the song but also um, nice music and nice melodies on top of it. Um, so, so this is going to be uh, Life in the Mines by David Wise.
That last track was uh, Life in the Mines by David Wise off of the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack. Um, I like that track. Um, I, I like the simple melody that's in there playing. We, we're trying to figure out what instrument plays that melody, some sort of woodwind. Um, but sort of sounds like a flute and sort of sounds like a recorder or something, but doesn't really sound like either one. Um, but I, I do like that very simple melody, um, and then it sits on top of that the ambiance of a cave or a mine that you get the dripping sounds um, and the other weird little background sounds that are very echoey. Um, and it, and it, I think that it builds a really nice uh, sound up. Um, it sort of builds as you go and, and keeps things pretty pretty calm. Yeah, um, this is one, it wasn't on my radar for this episode, but I've always enjoyed it because of that melody that comes in, and it has a stronger one than most of the songs of the soundtrack, I think. Right. Yeah, also I also hear kind of the, uh, the jungle instrumentation with percussion in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's very calm, um, very relaxing, sort of. Might call it a, a new wave sound, but uh, I think new age is more... new. New age—that's the one I meant to say. New wave is like Duran Duran. <laughs> yeah, I I really don't know what any of those are, but uh, I I try to pretend. Um, yeah, yes, it's a it's a nice calm new age sound to it. Um, so let's see what uh, do we have up next from John. So we. It's funny, we, we've kind of picked a number of ambient tracks to start this, this show. Now, maybe there are, like we said before, um, a, a density of ambient tracks in, in Donkey Kong Country in general, but uh, mine is probably one of the more famous ones. I've picked Aquatic Ambience mm -hmm. from the original Donkey Kong Country. Um, and as we were saying before, there's another track where it's just, tailored so well to the to the level and the theme that's going on in the game at the time. Sure. Alright, so let's hear uh, Aquatic Ambience.
Wonderful. So that's one of the ones that um, you often hear people say they, they would pause the game while they were playing Donkey Kong Country because they didn't want the level to end. They just wanted to listen to the music for a bit longer. Or like pause it and go to sleep or something. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. The, uh, okay. It's interesting because we're, we're talking about why, why is this music uh, held on such a high level? Um, and it's, it's, I think one thing to realize is when this was released in 1994, uh, you're just coming out of the NES and you're, people are like hearing this for the first time and, and it's like, holy cow, this, this music sounds so, you couldn't do a soundtrack sounding anything like this on the NES. Well, to be um, fair, I mean, the SNES has been out for uh, at least four years at this point. I think it was more of it. We were moving from still uh, chip-based and uh, simple sample-based music into actual instrumentation. Right, because even, even though the Super Nintendo had been out for a while, a lot of the early soundtracks um, didn't make a great use of the of the sampling abilities of the Super Nintendo. Um, I mean, so the Super Nintendo is plays, I think it has eight channels, all of which are sample-based, but often um, composers would sample synthesizers, and then then you're basically using uh, using a, a less hardware than you, you really have. Um, so I think this, this soundtrack really sort of opened up uh, what people realized you could do with the Super Nintendo and, and sh really highlighted how you could use a lot of different instrumentation and a lot of um, different sounds to, to create a really interesting soundtrack. And this, this one in particular, you're not just changing the instruments, but you're changing the style of music. So many mm. video games had much more upbeat and harder edges on the, on the actual composition. This showed that you could have a video game with soft, ambient, beautiful music, uh, and it still works in the context of the game. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, the other thing, this reminds me just because of the era of the Dream Trance music that came about within a couple of years of this release. Guys like Robert Miles, um, who were making music that was piano driven and really relaxing, it was meant to bring you down a little bit and be really easy to listen to. Sure. Um, I think that's a lot of the appeal here is that it is such a uh, soothing piece of music and the water levels, you guys, I don't know if you remember this, but they were um, probably the least intense part of a game. Because mm. yeah. even, even when you were trying to navigate through spikes and enemies and stuff, it was all slow paced, it was sluggish because you were underwater. Um, it was all hues of blues and greens, very cool colors. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that this track definitely fits that, that type of environment really well. I do want to get us away from the ambient thing a little bit, because okay. I can only take so much of it. Alright. One of the most interesting uh, remix albums, I think, was Chip Country. Mm, yeah. It's the only one I've heard that really attacked the uh, soundtracks from a chiptune perspective. Sure. Um, let's see, I'm not sure really of the background behind this project. 
Yeah, so so Chip Country is is sort of hard to find out a lot about. Um, it was released on a website called DK Vine, which I think is pretty. It's like a Donkey Kong fan site, um, and I'm not sure who like organized it or anything, but um, it's basically a, a a an album full of chip tune arrangements of Donkey Kong Country series songs. Um, it's I think maybe this guy named Laugh the Fox was instrumental in, in getting everything together. Um, but it's it's a fun uh, sort of fan arrangement album um, that I will also be playing a track from later. Uh, and it's I definitely recommend it for fans of both Donkey Kong Country and uh, chiptune music. Yeah, thanks for explaining it a little bit. Um... Sure. The one that jumped out for me was uh, AQ64, whom I've honestly never heard of before now, did a really interesting version of Bonus Room Blitz. Mm-hmm. And this, um, going back to the soundtracks for a second, this was one of the songs that I was referring to where uh, David Wise got away from the ambient and uh, environmental-based stuff, and it was a fun, percussive sort of jazz song. Mm. Um, a lot of interesting samples worked in, and I think it was really memorable because of that uh, that melody that it had. AQ64 takes it in a slightly different direction, so let's just give that a listen. This is Bonus Room Blitz. Thank you. 
I always liked how it, that song builds up. Uh, again, that was uh, the Chip Country version of Bonus Room Blitz, arranged by AQ64. And it starts out like this uh, in halftime, and then in, in a second here, it sort of jumps out and turns into this almost like a power pop song with a strong attack and these. Uh, these just really fun synth sounds. It sounds like... I don't know what it sounds like exactly, but I like it. Yeah. It's interesting in that even though this has a very chip sound, uh, it's using a lot of different instrumentation, if you will. Um, a lot of different voicings of the, the chips in order to, to keep things interesting. Um, I like that, that feature of the song. Yeah, it's basically like a full rock song in terms of how it's arranged. Right, right. Good job uh, shaking up the the tone of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so I, I I'm going to be doing the same. I uh, the rest of my tracks are remixes, um, partly because I, I wanted to get a little more uh, energy and in, into my choices. <laughs> but uh, all right. Uh, anything else about this track before I move on? Um. Honestly, I just. I was really close to playing the uh, the OST version, but I was trying to mix it up myself. So, mm. any thoughts on that? On that the track? the OST version, uh, I don't really have that great of memories of. I mean, I definitely would recognize it, especially now that I've heard this. But I I don't really remember how how it sounds in particular. Yeah, maybe the bonus about it. Wasn't. And, uh, features you didn't spend a lot of time there. Yeah. That's true. The one thing about it is that it has it has a breakdown with like uh, monkey uh, samples, like hooting and hollering. Oh really? I forgot about that. <laughs> so what do you right. for us? Uh, so I'm going to take us to a remix um, from the uh, OC Remix album uh, called Donkey Kong Country 3 Double the Trouble. Um, this was an album that they put out in two, uh, late 2012 um, that remixes both the Super Nintendo uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 al uh, uh, soundtrack and also the uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 for Game Boy Advance soundtrack um, now different soundtracks altogether yeah so it's interesting the um, the Game Boy Advance uh, remakes of uh, Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2 had basically the same soundtrack um, just rearranged um, but I've heard that David Wise didn't really like the abilities of the Game Boy Advance um, and decided uh, he didn't really when he went to rearrange Donkey Kong Country 3, he didn't want to use the same soundtrack, so he came up with an entirely new soundtrack. Um, and because of that, the, this remix album has a ton of tracks, um, since it's remixing like every song from, from both of these albums. Um, so this is going to be actually from the Game Boy Advance uh, soundtrack, um, a remix of the Brothers Bear uh, song. Um, this is a remix by Flex Style, and it is called Thump Brothers. Mm -hmm. 
All right, welcome back. Uh, that was Thump Brothers from Donkey Kong Country 3, uh, Double the Trouble, a OC remix album. Um, that song is by Flex Style uh, and is definitely um, sounds a lot like a lot of Flex Style's other remixes. I think I've played one other of his songs on the podcast before. Um, from in the I think in the puzzles uh, puzzle games episode. Um, but I really like that track. This track, all, uh, since the first day I heard it, has always made me uh, like want to get up and dance. Um, really like the the bass and the sound of the synth quality in here. Um, and then the obviously the beatboxing percussion is just great. Um, that that's really the the only percussion going throughout this song is the the beatboxing, and that's that's such a unique sound that you don't hear a lot in video game remixes. Indeed, uh, right off the bat, as soon as I heard the song, I just wanted to smile. And it does get you tapping your toes and yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. He has this really funky style, um, and that beatboxing. At first, I was not sold on it, but yeah. when the song gets going, it's working well. Yeah, yeah. The this bass, this is like an extended little bass solo thing, which is sort of interesting in that it's. It's this very uh, dubstep-inspired, like wubby bass, but it actually works really well on its own. It's not—it's not like the super wubs of dubstep, and and he makes it work there for for an, a bass solo that sounds really interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, all right, uh, John, what do you have up next for us? Well, now that we've um, let's say in- increased the the tempo a bit. I'm going to anchor us back to the roots of Donkey Kong Country with another ambient track. Okay. This one's a remix. It's Brambles in the Breeze, uh, which is a remix of Sticker Brush Symphony, um, also known as Bramble Blast, uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. And the remix itself is by Protricity. This is his uh, first OC remix. Mm, submitted way back in the day, and... Um, well, I'll tell you a bit more about that after we listen to the song, I think. Sounds good. Thank you. 
So yes, that was Brambles in the Breeze by Patricity from OCR. Um, so for me, this song has a different sort of nostalgic connection. It's one of the first songs that I ever actually downloaded from OCR. So this song kind of represents OCR in my, um, I don't know, 10 year older brain, or 10 year <clears throat> younger brain. And so just, and. It also was a great, I don't, know, I don't think I was listening to much ambient music at the time. Mm-hmm. So when I found this song and I enjoyed it, I was like, hey, it was a bit of a, there's other genres that are good in terms of music. Moment sure, yeah. for me that, in my history. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes me think of uh, what originally got me into video game music and listening to it besides in video games. Um, I, I think that happened to me in college. I was listening to our college's radio station and someone played something from OC Remix. Um, so I went and checked it out and uh, from there got into, uh, like I downloaded a bunch of uh, Super Mario 64 and like uh, Ocarina of Time remixes. 
Um, and I think, and that sort of was, was my, my first step into video game music. I just listened to those for a while, but then started getting into listening to all the latest, uh, OC remixes and, uh, eventually found Rainwave and, uh, rest is history. And how long ago did you, fu- did you first get into this stuff? So this was probably, I'm guessing, uh, 2009, um, yeah, probably early 2009 was when I was first getting into it, and then um, I think I found uh, Rainwave in like early 2010. Yeah, it was about the same time. Uh, I think that the Brawl soundtrack was like the first time I really sat up and took notice of uh, of music and video games beyond just it being there and being good. And then from there I got into listening to more stuff and... Uh, I want to say I actually found Rainwave through the OCR links sidebar back in the day when I used to feature us there. Yeah, I think I, that's how I found it too. I they, found it in late 2009. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what? It's uh, it sounds like we were all uh, finding video game music around the same time. But yeah, it's it's interesting because I've I played a lot of video games growing up, but I never really listened to their music much. Um, at least consciously, um, until I started getting into remixes and, uh, and went from there. Speaking of music, we just played a song. Oh yes, so this song, uh, I wanted to say something which is, um, in sort of the middle of this song there's a little piano solo, um, sort of a little noodling solo, and I really like that because, um, that piano solo uses a lot of ideas from the, the actual melody, from the original melody, um, but sort of noodles around with them. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of the time when you hear video game remixes, they don't um, they have like nice solos in them, but those solos uh, are just like whatever the artist feels like playing. They don't they're just built on top of the chords from the song. Um, and don't actually have much to do with the originals. Um, so I really like how, how the piano soloing in this one does come back to the melody and and build upon that. Yeah, um, to me it's, um, like, I can't get past the fact that it's sort of an old trance song. Trance it, is a genre that just doesn't break its own bounds that often to me. Yeah, it's this song. Definitely, uh, you can tell that it's an older remix uh, from 2002. It has those early 2000s uh, sounds to it, but I think it it does a decent job of of um, lasting the test of time. Yeah, you know, I agree that it's definitely a really solid song for what it is. But I just and it's not Patricity's fault. It's just sort of a way that style of music has aged. Sure, right. Yeah, fair enough. It does, this song, this remix, does keep the spirit of the original quite well. As, as Tom was saying, it also keeps that ambient vibe that David Wise was so good at sticking into his games at, at the time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I actually do want to move away from the ambient thing again uh, with his next track. I want to grab something from uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns because I noticed none of you guys were playing it. Okay. And that soundtrack was uh, 
was interesting. The game obviously had a unique context because it was, it came, what, 10 years after the last entry in the country series as sort of mm -hmm. a reboot along the lines of like new SMB. Right, right. And, uh, and instead of having David Wise return, they had Kenji Yamamoto, um, who had worked on the Metroid Prime games music, take it up and rework all of the most popular themes from the classic series. Hmm. Um, and which is all well and good, but he did a bunch of new songs that were kind of overshadowed by that. And those, uh, the whole game kind of broke away from the ambient thing and fleshed out more and was a little more up-tempo. But especially the new songs, the boss themes and stuff. So, uh, I want to get into one of those. This track is called Feather Fiend. I believe it's boss music, but I haven't played the game, so it could be anything. So, uh, let's give us a listen.
That was uh, Kenji Yamamoto's Feather Fiend from Donkey Kong Country Returns, uh, one of the original tracks from that game not influenced directly by David Wise's work. And it's... I like it, it's so percussive. Um, it has, has just a lot of drumming going on. The, the piano is a little bit almost bluesy at first, but then it jumps forward and it is really punching in. And you have the accordion and the horns. Um, it's just a very punchy kind of song, you know. It's a lot of hits instead of long, drawn-out notes and melodies. Yeah, it sort of it sort of has a jazzy feel to it um, because of that. Um, but it's it's great hearing this uh, this sort of up-tempo song that um, you just don't get from David Wise in in a lot of the uh, Donkey Kong Country soundtracks. And... Um, but it, it still keeps the sort of the jungle mood by by using a lot of different instrumentation and um, some of those funny funky sound effects and stuff. So I, I I'm really glad you played this because I I gave a brief listen to this soundtrack, but um, but didn't really give a thorough listen and, and I never noticed this track. The interesting thing to me is that uh, you know Yamamoto had worked is most known prior to for working on Metroid Prime, which was mostly really down-tempo uh, electronica stuff, and is also pretty ambient. Right. So this is not what I expected going into this one when I first heard it. Yeah, this is good stuff. Um, it's also nice to hear other composers on the series, right? Because right. I think what, 80% of our show is either directly David Wise or inspired by David Wise music? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of David Wise and Evelyn Fisher. Um, I do want to briefly point out, David Wise is often credited sort of across the board for the series' music. I think that um, Fisher and Beamland do deserve more credit than they get. I agree, yeah. Yeah, actually, so I think of Almost half the games uh, featured uh, Fisher and, and then, to some extent, Beanland. Oh yeah, um, Fisher especially. Uh, she composed yeah. a substantial, like at least a third of each one, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely, it's it's uh, important to note that that David Wise doesn't get all the credit. <laughs> um, all right, so. I'm going to go back to uh, the Chip Country soundtrack for my next album, or I guess it's not a soundtrack, it's the album. Um, this is going to be a track remixed, um, or demixed if you will, from uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh, the track that it's remixing is Forced Interlude. Um, and so this is going to be by the artist Panda Star, uh, and the track is called Funkies in the Forest.
All right, welcome back. That was Panda Star with the track Funkies Into Forest, uh, a remix of the Forest Interlude from Donkey Kong Country 2. Um, that's off the album Chip Country, which again is a an album that took a bunch of Donkey Kong Country songs and uh, sort of remixed them as chip tunes. Um, I've always really liked this track. This is a, it totally has the sort of new uh, uh, original chiptune feel that uh, a lot of people have um, that are out there using uh, LSDJ to make great chiptune songs. Um, and I, I love the different things they put in here with the, uh, the very glitchiness of it. A lot of different uh, things get thrown in here and there with the percussion and um, but it also keeps the melody going strong and, and keeps things really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. It has a, a very strong theme throughout. I'm not usually a fan of the dirty chip sounds. Right, but right. But I'm automatically funky. That overcomes <laughs> my That's true, yeah. That, that's why I played this track, because I, I knew it uh, it would get you. <laughs> um, yeah, it reminds me a lot of... Uh, <laughs> of like Oxide and Parallelis and the other modern LSDJ composers. Um, I don't hear a whole lot... I don't remember Forest Interlude super well, but I'm not hearing a ton of that in here. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was thinking the same thing, because I almost played another Forest inter uh, Interlude remix. Um, uh, Halk has a really good Forest Interlude remix called The Force That Never Sleeps. I mean, that one sticks a lot closer to the source, uh, and and you get the melody. But I went back and listened to uh, Forced Interlude, and you definitely hear uh, a lot of... Uh, when you really listen to it, um, a lot of the parts are sort of broken down and mashed together in different ways uh, to make the, the song that you get here. Speaking of which, I actually almost played a different song from Chip Country, but I decided the last minute was a little bit too, I don't know, inaccessible, a little mm -hmm. too harsh. But um, it was the Disco Train remix from, I want to say, the National Broadcast. Um, I don't think we have it on Rainwave because it's so noisy, but... It's, it's it too has, crazy, yeah. But I love that really intense sound, kind of like, uh, like a Jesus and Mary Chain kind of thing, with, with just <laughs> leaning on that noise. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, this is a, a great album. Um, I definitely highly recommend it for, for anyone who's a, a chiptune fan and a Donkey Kong Country fan. Um, go check this out. You can get it on uh, DK Vine, or if you just, I'm sure if you just search for Chip Country, you'll be able to find it. And it's free. And it's free. That's always the best kind. Um, Alright, so I think uh, John's up next. Yeah, so I'm going to skip us ahead to the most recent game in the series, I believe, right? Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is the most most it's recent the newest, one to come out. Newest one I'm aware of. Yes. So I picked the the song Mangrove Cove for similar reasons that uh, Nat picked his from Donkey Kong Country Returns. It's a song again with Tropical Freeze. There's a lot of covers of older Donkey Kong Country classics, but I, to my knowledge, Mangrove Cove is original to the Tropical Freeze soundtrack, uh, which of course reintroduced David Wise as the 
lead composer for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go back to something we were saying before, there's another case of a song that's tailored specifically to the level. Um, I've heard some people say that David Wise sort of saved this game because the music works so well with the game design that it, it just boosts the atmosphere beyond what the, the game itself was providing. Mm, yeah. All right. So uh, this is Mangrove, I think you said? Mangrove Cove. Mangrove Cove. All right. <laughs>
Welcome back. That was Mangrove Cove from the recent Tropical Blue soundtrack. So I really like, um, as I was saying, how it applies naturally to music to the levels. In this case, it was a tropical theme that was a Caribbean vibe from that music. Mm, yeah. And this, but this one's a bit more so. So I don't know about the other songs in this game, but this one definitely feels a bit more like he's orchestrating it for a band rather than um, setting a mood for a specific area. Like, I, I feel like you could hear this song in any particular uh, tropical-themed level, um, where, where, like, it doesn't have as much of the sort of background sounds and the type of thing that you're used to hearing in, in the uh, Super Nintendo uh, games for from this series. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I don't know, it's more of a front and center kind of song. It's not, and I haven't played this game, but it looks like they've kind of, with Returns and Tropical Freeze, gotten away from the, the ambient, um, really surreal vibe, and they're going for more of a straight platformer. Mm, yeah. So that might contribute to, um, Wise's direction here. Yeah, sure. certainly a print. Like, yeah, I think when, when this particular level gets flooded in the game, so it's mangrove cove underwater, then he goes back to like an, uh, an aquatic ambience type vibe. Oh, interesting. And he actually mixes together themes from his newer music and the older music. So it's interesting. That does hmm. sound cool. So, as you're we saying, this is one of the more recent ones. One of the reasons we have we're doing Donkey Kong Country today is the 20th anniversary. Um, there's something interesting that happened before Donkey Kong Country, which is Donkey Kong the Arcade Cabinet. It was actually what launched Shigeru Miyamoto's career before Mario, before Zelda. Um, he designed for the whole thing, single person designed Donkey Kong. Wow. And, and that's kind of what secured his position at Nintendo for him to do all those other great things to follow. So. Yeah, I, I had no idea that uh, Miyamoto got his career started on, on Donkey Kong. That's really cool. And to clarify that a little bit, it was because Nintendo had launched this arcade cabinet prior. The name escapes me at the moment, but it was a total flop. They had a lot of machines that they couldn't do anything with. And they told this guy Miyamoto, "Hey, if you can, uh, if you can design a game, we can repurpose these for. Um, we can find you more work." Oh, really? That's excellent. I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> um, let's see. So, for my last selection, I'm going to uh, another OC remix. This one is going to be from, I believe. It was the second full album they ever did back in 2004, uh, Kong in Concert. Mm, yeah. And usually I shy away from those because the first few albums had that early uh, OCR sound. They were a little less polished. A lot of times they were more driven by one or two guys, so they'd have like eight songs by one artist. Mm -hmm. But I actually really liked a couple of moments on Kong in Concert uh, that made up for that early sound. And one of them was Unknown. Uh, he went by Unknown at the time. His name's uh, Tyler Heath. Mm -hmm. He did a really cool version of Cranky's theme, which is a song that nobody remembers because it's so <laughs> understated and you hear it so rarely in Donkey Kong Country. Sure. 
Um, so this is going to be Rest and Respite on a Soft Summer Night. That was uh, Rest and Respite on a Soft Summer Night by Tyler Heath from Kong in Concert, ranging Cranky's theme. Uh, you were just saying this first uh, first rock-based song we've really heard today. Yeah, yeah. The, a lot of the other uh, remixes and originals have mostly been um, very new agey or very uh, sort of electronics-based. Um, and this is definitely the first that has a rock drum kit and... Uh, and some sort of light rock guitars. Uh, but it's still even a little different. It's not typical rock in that you have a lot of that accordion sound in there and um, definitely mixes things up quite a bit. Yeah, I, I do, do like how... the... Go on. <laughs> I, I do love how they use the guitar there. It almost feels like this theme was built around strumming it on the guitar. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, the things that jump out at me with this one, the accordion fading in, you don't hear it very much anymore. It actually, you hear it more in like LSDJ songs. They simulate that a lot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is that the lead guitar, which is in the right channel, um, it's it's not quite like perfectly in the pocket. You have to listen closely, but it's the timing is a little more. It's interesting. It's it's natural. It's not like perfectly programmed I guess or it right. doesn't sound that way yeah so I, I guess do you think this this isn't a live recording is it I don't think so but um, it does a great job of sounding um, I think very fluid yeah it's nice when they they don't even when you don't have a live recording if they try to make it add those human touches and imperfections that that make it sound uh, realistic that's really nice 
I don't really understand the ending you just heard. I'm... Yeah, the ending's sort of weird. The weird, like, fade of those few notes, but it is what it is. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to uh, play my last track, um, which also comes from the uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 Double the Treble uh, OC Remix album. Um, by the way, I... I I have to sing the praises of this album for a second. Uh, there, I could have picked about 10 different tracks from this album that I absolutely love. Um, so I'd, I highly recommend people check it out. Um, even if, like, I'm not a huge fan of the Donkey Kong Country soundtracks, but it takes it in so many different directions that there's there's got to be something for everyone on this album. Um, so I'm going to, to finish off this my set with um, a very interesting track in that uh, this remix was primarily composed by David Wise, uh, or remixed by David, David Wise. So this is David Wise remixing himself. Um, and this track features a bunch of different remixers um, playing different live instrumentation. Um, so... Wise took all of these tracks and mixed them all together. Uh, so I'll say this just once, but the the instrumentalists include uh, Robin Beanland, who obviously uh, did some compositions for the series in the first place, um, and then a bunch of uh, OC Remix regulars, including Level 99, uh, Busta Tunes, JJT, uh, the OC Players, which includes uh, Prophetic, OA, and uh, Robin Beanland again, um, uh, Harmony, uh, Daniel Rosenqvist, and Zyko, and uh, Diggy D's. I think that's it. So that's like a ton of different uh, artists on this track. Um, and so this, this is a remix of primarily of the Jungle Jitter uh, song from Donkey Kong Country 3 for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, but it also includes uh, some parts of uh, aquatic ambiance from uh, the original DKC. Um, so here we go, this is Spanish Jitters.
All right, that was Spanish Jitters, uh, mostly arranged by David Wise, who was composing, or who was uh, remixing a track by David Wise, uh, and uh, that's off of the OC Remix Donkey Kong Country 3 Double the Trouble album, uh, specifically from the Game Boy Advance version of the soundtrack. Um, that track where David Wise uh, takes a bunch of uh, instrumental recordings by OC Remix regulars um, and mixes them all together into a great track. Um, you start off here with this sort of uh, steel guitar feel uh, with that sort of has a very classic David Wise ambience to it. Um, but then builds it into uh, something a lot more exciting. Um, uh, and so at this part of the track where, where you have this flute solo, that, that flute solo just makes it for me. It's a great flute solo. Oh, that's just an uh, amazing performance. Um, I'm not sure which instrumentalist that is, but whoever it is, um, they take it in a really cool direction. It's more interesting than like an, your average ambient kind of flute lead. Yeah, it's super jazzy. I think this is Busta Tunes, according to the uh, the what I'm seeing. Um, but he did a great job. Uh, a lot of interesting. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called, but like uh, the way he tongues some of those notes, it's uh, and gets a lot of sort of trills out of that. It's it's great. But uh, this piece in general, I've always uh, the. Uh, there's really good performances but, uh, on the saxophones, um, on a lot of the brass sort of punches that come throughout the piece. Um, it's, it's just a really impressive remix uh, that's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, no doubt. There's so much to compliment in there. It's tough to know what, what, to, what to draw attention to. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, John, you said you, uh, you also picked this track out. Yeah, in, in our original cut for you know, Take Donkey Kong Country as a theme, I, that was on my first list. Yeah, yeah, it's a great track. Um, I'm just glad we got to play uh, David Wise uh, remixes David Wise track, so that's always fun. Yeah, and can we talk for a second about how cool that is to see, um, see a composer actually getting involved in the community? Mm. Like someone who didn't start there? Right, right, yeah. Uh, someone who's who has doesn't mean... That you get that sometimes with people like Vert, um, but but to have someone from outside of the community uh, who's been composing for so long and get involved and uh, really put a lot of time and effort into a track, it's it's so much fun, um, and you you also get that professional um, uh, production quality that you might not get uh, from a lot of remixes. So it's. It's really cool that that he agreed to come on, and I mean, he I think he also did tracks for uh, the other Donkey Kong Country OC Remix the, albums, the Donkey Kong Country Two one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Serious Monkey Business. Yeah, Jungle Jitter. So that's great that uh, that David Wise has gotten involved, and uh, and he seems like a, a cool dude. Yeah, I just like seeing that sort of thing happen because um, there's a few others. Um, Chris Hulsbeck has gotten involved. He does Kickstarters and he's releasing all his old music slowly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Hiroki Kikura has done some uh, Q&A sessions and stuff. But there's, I just like that level of sincerity to see him 
um, really willing to get so involved in what's going on here. Right, right. Uh, another name that comes to mind is uh, Tommy Tallarico, uh, how he's gotten really involved in the uh, video game live uh, concert series. Well, isn't um, that his project from the start? Yeah, but I guess more that he's willing to take other people's music and do a lot of arrangements and, and sort of... Uh, I think he does a lot for, for drawing attention to video games music. Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting project, but that's another conversation. Sure. Alright, uh, so let's interrupt this nice sax solo and... Do we uh, have to? No. And, uh hear what John uh, is going to play as his last track. Alright, and I think this is the last track of the show. Uh, I don't uh, think it is. Uh, I yeah. think we're going to play one more uh, to send us out. Right, so, okay. okay. Uh, last discussion track. <laughs> yes. So to, to kind of wrap it around, I, I picked Simeon Segway from the Tropical Freeze soundtrack, which also appears in, I believe, either the first or the second Donkey Kong Country game. So I was going to say this is David Wise, covers David Wise, but uh, the original Simeon Segway was actually Evelyn Fisher. Oh, so, interesting. So we've got, got a nice loop um, from the most recent soundtrack to the earlier, and I really like how David Wise kind of, he, he holds this, again, the spirit of the track. In this case, I think Segway refers to the, it's a world map track. It's the one that plays as you're going from one level to another. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and he holds the, the spirit of the original, but really updates all the instrumentation, all the mixing, and um, makes it a bit more upbeat and modern. So, there you go. All right.
Welcome back. This is John Punt. That was Simeon's segue from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and also the original Donkey Kong Country. Um, in this track, I really love how much uh, color and life has been added to the original. Although I worry a bit because it's it's a transition map or it's a transition song. It's a song that plays as you go from one level to the next. That people might not uh, have the time to appreciate everything that's in there. All those lovely piano and trumpet solos that appear later on if you're just you know hopping from one place to another it's it's a great point because so much of video game music um when you think about it appears uh in places where someone's only going to hear it for a few seconds and uh they might hear it repeatedly for a few seconds but they <laughs> The, uh, it makes you wonder if the composers like try to make sure the most important part of the song is right at the beginning and uh, and realize that stuff after that is just for someone who's like waiting around to see if the uh, uh, to, if, as they like go get their grilled cheese sandwich or something um, uh, but on that note I actually do wonder in this game it's pretty clear they were paying tribute to the old menu music but in a typical um, console game do songs get shuffled around you know how aware is the composer going to be of that issue right right like how much how much control does the composer have of of where the the music is used or if they know we're composing menu music are they really thinking about the player's uh, role in, in listening to it sure yeah that's a good question i don't know but going uh, going back to the song here for a second you were just saying a minute ago how it's um the original was so stiff uh, compared mm. to this and that's a great comment yeah yeah so the uh, the original of this song uh i think has it feels like it's on a uh, that it was entered manually which a lot of times these were because they didn't have like uh they couldn't enter the songs by keyboard um and this does a great job of of taking the melody and ideas but humanizing them and putting in uh things like pitch bends and uh sort of gives the uh the piano sound a little more of a live feel um i really like that it's uh, it's just a very lively song i guess is the best way i can describe it yeah all right so why don't we leave that playing while we uh uh, talk about our end of the show business because uh, that just about wraps us up. Um, Do you have first any... of all? Go on. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank John for being here with us today. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Yes. And uh, pleasure's uh, all mine. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I hope we can have you back sometime. Um, sure. Uh, while we're on the subject, do you have anything you want to talk about uh, with regards to uh, your role in Rainwave or anything else you want to plug while you're here? Um, no, most people just know me as the, the statistics guy. I'm the, I'm the one that, that produces all the, the reports and whatnot. So maybe there's a future show in something to do with, with statistics and, and the best songs on the site or something. But, sure. Um, or no. the worst. <laughs> or the worst. <laughs> Um, I, Please I don't no. want to go there. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, and um, yeah, I hope to be back sometime. Great. Um, do we uh, anything else? Yeah, good. Do we have any closing thoughts about this series or um, 
the music of it or anything like that you guys want to touch on that you haven't yet? Yeah. So it's Go ahead. It's interesting. The uh, well, I said at the beginning of the show, I wasn't a big fan of the music in this series. I, I definitely liked the, a lot of the tracks that we played here today. So I'm not sure if that's that because we picked a lot of really good tracks and those were the best of the best, or if uh, it's because there's a lot of good remixes that took melodies and and went different places with them, or maybe I I like the music better than I thought I did. Uh, for me, it's. Uh... My opinion is maybe influenced by my opinion of games, and um, I might get crucified for this, but I'm not a huge fan of the gameplay of the, uh, the SNES games. Sure. It's, uh, it feels like a lot of flashy uh, graphical work on s sort of an awkward platforming system. Mm -hmm. And there are other design issues. Um, I still haven't forgiven Donkey Kong Country 2 for making you pay to save. <laughs> well, I mean, regardless of uh, what we thought of the games, there were 8 million copies of the original Donkey Kong story, which I think makes it the second best selling game on Super Nintendo. So. Wow, after what, Super Mario World? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's pretty incredible. So, so even if, if we um, might not be the biggest fanboys of the game series, there certainly are a lot of them out there. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's it's been fun to do this and uh, give Donkey Kong Country some of its due for uh, being around for 20 years and still maintaining a lot of popularity. Um, it's it's been fun, and especially because I think this is the first time we've played any Donkey Kong tracks on the on the podcast. So it's it's good that we've had this chance to uh, come and visit the series. Yeah. All right. Um, I think. The beyond this episode, uh, the next episode we're going to do is uh, episode 19, and there I think we're planning on uh, concentrating on ending and credits music. Um, so that should be fun. There's a lot of good uh, credits music out there. Um, and I think that's about it. Um, yeah, uh, to reiterate, um, you can find us on iTunes, uh, you can go to podcast.rainwave.cc, uh, check out our backlog, plenty of great episodes and some okay ones. Uh, you can email us at podcast at rainwave.cc, uh, suggestions, comments, we, we'll respond to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't be modest, they're all amazing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so, uh, to take us out today, um, we sort of picked a track on the fly since we all have already played four tracks. Um, and so we're going to play a, a track from Donkey Kong Land 2 um, for the Game Boy. So now you'll notice this this game doesn't have the word country in the uh, game name. So it's, it's sort of uh, doesn't really count, except that a lot of the tracks on this album are re actually... Well, remixes, or if you will, demixes of tracks from the Donkey Kong Country series. And the game itself is kind of in the same vein. It, it's clearly inspired by the country design. Right. It's interesting that they, they did try to take the country games and port them to as many portable consoles as possible. Because um, they had the Land series, and then uh, also had Donkey Kong Country uh, first on the Game Boy Color, and then the Game Boy Advance um, so they definitely were trying to get a, a, as many games out of this series as possible. Um, 
but so this this Donkey Kong Land Two was uh, composed or rearranged, if you will, by David Wise and Grant Kirkhope. Um, Grant Kirkhope has actually uh, been known, uh, or is a rare composer that's known for a lot of his other work. Um, I think he's worked on everything from Banjo Kazooie to Goldeneye to Perfect Dark. Um, well, and speaking uh, of composers who get involved in community, he's been everywhere lately. It seems like. Yeah, so so he's uh, it's cool to to have him also featured on this episode, um, and so uh, this is this was my favorite track on the Donkey Kong Land sound uh, two soundtrack. Um, so we're going to uh, take it out with Hornet Hole. Um, and so uh, I guess that's about it. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next time.